And now it's time for the UP's favorite live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, presented by John's Auto Marquette. Here's Blake Froling. What's going on, Marquette? Welcome into the Sports Pen on ESPN UP. I'm Blake Froling. Charlie Bremmer's in the studio with me, just in the nick of time. The Tuesday treat. Is that what we're calling it? You can call it whatever you want. Ugh, I'm not calling it that. You can give us a call, 906-226-4570. We're presented by John's Auto Marquette. Big show. It's our first post-college football show. Does Pretty that exciting. make it? Uh, well, it's you're excited. Exciting. You can be excited for the both of us. America is excited. Are they? Yeah. You might be the only person on earth that doesn't like college football, and you're still going to talk about it. Well... No, I mean, I'll, well, I can talk about it because I watch just enough of it to be able to talk about it. But wow. I'm not a not a big fan. Just love the Badgers. That's it. Just disappointing. We'll get to that. We'll get to some of your Brewer stuff. Maybe five minutes. Maybe I'll give you one minute after your disparaging. You can, you can give me one, and I'll take ten. Yeah. So that's why I have this trusty uh, that'll mute give button it a, over that'll here. That'll give it a segment. The mute button. Yeah. May have been tinkered with. Really trying to say something. Yeah, that's what I thought. We'll also talk NFL, Khalil Mack, not to your Packers, but to the Bears, shaking things up in the division. Good. Good? Yeah. Good. Explain. No, no. You're going to save it. That's a good tease. I like how you did that. We're saving it for our NFL segment. First, we have to start with college football. Michigan won, or Michigan lost. Michigan State won. Confusing. What else is new? I don't know how you could have got that mixed up. I don't know. This has been going on for years now. Ooh. You would have been saying that exact same thing. Ouch. So many Mondays or Tuesdays or whatever, whatever day you talk about college football usually. It would be Monday, but we didn't have the show oh, Monday. Yeah. I'm, I'm the... Okay, nice. I like that. With the first show after the weekend, I didn't think about that. Yep. Big day. So, we had the controversy. I don't even know if you'd call it a controversy with Braylon Edwards tweeting at the team. That might have been... The most entertaining part of these of this these the college football weekend for me at least. Uh, if did you see the tweet? No, you didn't. I'm not. I'm not I a told Twitter you, guy. I told you to look at it. I know. I'm not a Twitter guy. I'm not a. Ugh. There's a bunch of articles online that have the tweet. He deleted it anyway. But you've got it. I've got it. Of you, course, you, you do. know I've got it. Now I have to edit it a little bit because of FCC rules. But Which I'll, you so. That you just righteously follow. Yeah, I don't. I don't like to be fined. All right, I can't afford those. So Braylon Edwards, former Michigan wide receiver, tweeted on Saturday. I don't know if this was during the game or after the game. I think it was during the game. He said, "Quote: Ruiz is weak. Line is weak. Shea is scared. Blank. Michigan offense is so predictable. Michigan football is sadly one thing." Trash, unquote. That tweet got him suspended indefinitely from the Big Ten Network. What'd you think? Wow. Well, Braylon Edwards um, calls it like he sees it, I guess. Got to respect that. I mean, the offense is so predictable part. Everybody watching the game knew that. Yeah. Anybody could have said that. It's been that way for a while. Is Okay, so obviously I'm a Michigan State fan, but... Is Michigan football really trash? We dog on Harbaugh all the time. But in the grand scheme of things, Kansas is trash. Michigan, I don't know if I would put them in the trash category. Well, with the recruiting classes they get, and uh, yeah, they're trash. I, I I don't think so. They don't play up to their recruiting classes. Does that so. make them trash, Makes though? Makes them trash. There are a lot of programs that would love to be in Michigan's position. 0-1-1? Yes. They're, be uh, in their position since Harbaugh got there, even though, according to Michigan standards, it has not been good enough. It's still better than, I don't know, 90% of the FBS teams, if you look at the win percentage. Okay. I feel weird defending Michigan, but I just wanted to point that out. And it also relates to Michigan State's game, because they barely beat Utah State, and there are Michigan State fans out there uh, clowning Michigan fans because they lost on the road to Notre Dame. 
Since when is that a bad loss? That's not a bad loss. Exactly. It's but just... they're saying, ha-ha, we won, you lost. Mm, those two aren't exactly equal. Well, you know, and, and here's the thing. Same old stuff. Michigan loses. Michigan State barely wins. The Badgers clean clock. Clean oh, house, against Western whatever. Kentucky? They do what they're supposed to do. Nobody cares. Nobody's talking about them. Didn't they drop in the Same polls? Same old stuff. I have no idea. You just you just not I'll, do anything today all for I the know show? Is, all I know is they're 1-0, and oh, and that's all that matters. Wow. I'm, I'm kind of disappointed right now in you. And they didn't barely win like Michigan State. That is true. If Michigan State, if that exact Michigan State team played Notre Dame, they probably would have lost by more than what Michigan did. And yet, Michigan no, State fans are bragging. wouldn't necessarily. What are you talking about? Of course. They barely beat a worse team. Utah State's not awful. I wouldn't put them in the trash category. Maybe Utah State has some one-on-ones that match up real well against A Michigan home team State. against, what are they, Mountain West? Yeah. A Mountain West team? Those Mountain West schools got some good players. Get some guys that can win one-on-ones. Well, clearly they do. Because they won a lot of those. That's what football is all about. But I'm not bragging, and I'm not gloating over Michigan fans because I don't think Michigan State would have beaten Notre Dame. So that's just how I see it. It's hard to even if even if I Michigan think Wisconsin State would have. If Michigan State won 49 to seven, you still couldn't compare it. Compare the two home game against Utah State versus road game against Notre Dame. Well, who does Michigan State play this weekend? At Arizona State. There you go. How about this for a stat, since you brought it up? Arizona State is 9-0 and against Big Ten teams in regular season games at Sun Devil Stadium. Nice. How about that? It's pretty cool. It's because of the desert, you think? That's, that's what I would think. I mean, first of all, they always start their games at night. And even when they do, it's still 99 degrees usually at kickoff. What do they say? It's a dry heat. Yeah, that doesn't mean anything. No, hot it doesn't. is hot. Hot is hot. So that's why they, they think a lot of these teams just lose at Arizona State. So I was mildly worried for this game, and then I saw that stat. Now I'm terrified. I'm absolutely terrified for that Arizona State game. You're not more worried about coaching Arizona State's really good coaching Herm Edwards hey he's, he's gonna not, he's gonna wear his lucky socks hey, you already know that he plays to win the game and his team does now too good that's that's the like big thing that. for him yeah. don't you remember that quote of course okay well you, you, didn't, you didn't really act like it how many quotes does he have he's like Mr. Quotes he's a big quote guy you know there are some people who just speak in quotes well I just really miss those coaches in the NFL like uh well, now I can't even think of uh, the Vikings coach there in the late 90s. Short little fat guy. Um, there's used to slam on him on the local radio. Um, what the heck was his name? Come on. Um, dead air now thinking about this. I'm just going to let you hang that because is I so want you pathetic. to figure this it out. It is so pathetic that I can't remember. I mean, I think of, I hear stuff about him all the time. He passed away recently. He was the coach of the Cardinals afterwards. He's a good football coach. They are who we thought they were. He's he's that guy. Everybody out there knows who I'm trying to think of. Yeah, I know. So do I. I'm just kind of waiting for you to figure it out. But um, it's not going to happen, I guess. Are you rattled enough? Do you think I should let you know? I guess just like you, right away I should have been looking on Google. Dennis Green. Yeah, there you go. Denny. Denny. Old Denny Green. See, but what, what happened to all those coaches in the NFL? Now everybody's so boring. They are. You know, that's a good point. Back in the day, man, those guys gave some good interviews. I don't know what it is. Got heated. Maybe it's social media. You think Probably. they're afraid to say something? Yeah, definitely. Even though those quotes still went viral without social media. That's the thing. I don't know. That's why they were so great. They just, I think they just, it's the Belichickization of coaches where they look at him. Oh, he's a winner. Let's try to copy everything he does by being super boring and not saying anything. Maybe that's know. it. I don't know. They just uh they don't just fly off the handles like they used no. to. No. Very sad. They, they're definitely very, very sad. They go into those press conferences knowing what questions they're going to answer and knowing what their answer is going to be. Pretty much. Those guys just used to wing it. Just mm-hmm. like just like we do on the show. Yeah, At least well, me. Well, more you. At least me. There's a difference between winging it and just 
That's why I yeah. sat here for two minutes trying to think of Danny Green's yeah. name. So that's what happens when you wing it. Let's let's reel this back in a little bit. Go over to back to the Braylon Edwards story. He talked with the Detroit News as a follow up to those tweets. Uh, had a couple interesting comments. Uh, he said, "Quote: Was the original tweet a little excessive? I admit I was excessive and emotional and inebriated. Mix those together, but the focus of my tweets remains intact." I stand by that. I was over-excessive Saturday night at 1029, but I don't back down on my overall stance as an alum and a fan, unquote. So basically he's saying he shouldn't have called out Shea Patterson and Cesar Ruiz specifically, but the fact that he thinks that the Michigan offense is predictable and Michigan football is trash stays the same. Why does he get – I don't understand why he gets – what, he didn't lose his job, technically. No, he was suspended just, indefinitely for violating the Big Ten Network's social media policy. What, did it, because he used a bad word? Or? No, because he trashed Michigan football. So? He works for the Big Ten Network. Yeah, You well, think they're just going to let their people willy-nilly go yeah, that's trashing teams? Yeah, that's their, intriguing. That's, that makes for great. If he worked for ESPN, maybe, but how he often, works for the Big Ten Network. How often do we mention BTN? Not much. Exactly, and we are today, so they should be loving it. But they're not supposed to hate on Big Ten teams. Okay. That's why they're called the Big Ten Network. Nobody's supposed to do anything If nowadays. you want unbiased Big Ten coverage, do not go to the Big Ten Network. And we wonder why all the coaches are so boring. Yeah, well, he's not a coach. He's got well, a... well, you, you know what I'm getting at here. Mm-hmm. And he also went on to say that... Uh, in terms of the calling out part, he said people used to call him out. He said Lloyd Carr would call him out in the media, but uh, I don't know. It, it, it just feels a little different. S- s- calling them weak. Cesar yeah. Ruiz is weak. Line is weak. Shea is scared. Yeah. I, I don't really think that's appropriate. That's These totally appropriate. Kids. They're not kids. Shea is scared? Yeah. If you could say he was, I mean... If he looks scared, I mean, what's Did he... he look scared? Well, he looked like he couldn't do much. I don't know if he was scared. How much was that on him and how much was that on the play calling? You could only do so it's, much as a quarterback it's based all, on the confines of your offense. It's all, you know, it all it is what it is. But, you know, the great quarterbacks can come in and they make things happen that other guys can't. Apparently, Shea Patterson's not that guy. So he After did, one he, game? Yeah, I mean, hey, he deserves to get slammed for it then. He's not one of the greats, whatever. Just another average guy. He was 20 of 30 for 227 yards and a pick. Yeah. Basically short throws. I mean, what do you have, a couple deep ball attempts? No no real big plays. So he needs to go out there and make it happen, and he can't do it, so he must be, I don't know, is he scared? I don't think he's scared. What is it? Whatever it is. Did you forget that this is his first year in the offense, first game in the offense? So there's a lot of quarterbacks that come in and just take it by storm. They're the great ones. Okay. I don't I can't believe you're making me stick up for these Michigan guys. This really hurts me. Well, I mean, when they're really, really good, we're going to have to be hearing about it. You know, whether it's five years, ten years, twenty years, they'll be good again, and we'll be hearing about how great they are. Mm -hmm. So now they can take it. They better. They better. They will. That's what it's all about. Shea Patterson is going to be better. I I was saying before the season even started that Michigan fans have been putting too much pressure on him to succeed right away, even though he's coming to a brand-new school and a brand-new offense. Maybe that's what he's scared of. Maybe he needs to not be so scared to fail. I don't think he's scared. Maybe he needs to just... I think that's you and some of the media thinking that. Maybe he just needs to make an audible at the line and throw the ball deep a little bit more. And if he doesn't, if he fails, he fails. He loses his job at as quarterback there. But if he completes it, it's not like they're going to bench him. What about the defense, though? I thought the defense didn't look good at all. That su- supposed vaunted Michigan defense. Brandon Wimbush had the key to beating those edge rushers. You just wait for them to run around as fast as they can. You step up in the pocket and you run for ten yards. That defense didn't look good at all. They didn't know how to contain a running quarterback like Wimbush. Well, that's, uh, you know, that's uh, really, that's how you beat 
the rush off the edge. That's why an interior rush is so vital. But, you know, and that's what's killed the Packers a lot of times, too. Is, uh, but we're talking about Michigan. Yeah, but I'm just, you know, that's, uh, that's a common thing now to beat that edge rush like that. And um, for whatever reason, they weren't getting push up the middle. If you can get push up the middle, then those edge rushes can get home. But if the quarterback can step up in the pocket and make a throw, yeah, you're going to be in some trouble. It was. It seemed easy. You could just. You could see it happen, where you would get. It was probably. It was if it was either Gary Winovich or both beating the tackles. See them come around. Wimbush, wait, wait, wait. Step up, and he'd either make a big throw or he'd just run for ten yards because the tackles, the defensive tackles, weren't doing anything to stop him. The linebackers didn't look that great. I mean, it just. I was disappointed in the Michigan defense. That was supposed to be what was going to carry them. And not that it won't the rest of the year, but in terms of a game one, not that great. Well, maybe Notre Dame is better than we all thought. I would say so. I think yeah. there's a little bit of that in there, there too. There you go. Also, Michigan State's defense did not look that great when they got torched by Utah State. It's like they'd never seen a hurry-up offense before. They just couldn't handle it. It's bad coaching. Is it bad yep, coaching? It is bad coaching. Stuff like that. That's bad coaching. That's. I mean, maybe it's part of it. I no, mean, that, that's what's the it. Ex- what's the excuse when they're the first team on your calendar? So you have all summer, exactly. all fall. Shouldn't they have known that it was coming? Yes, they should have. So they should have been prepared. It was that's like coaching. It was basically death by a thousand paper cuts. Yeah. Watching that game, the yeah. quick passes, the quick runs. Uh, this guy Jordan Love, who I'd never heard of, was now. Looked like a Heisman candidate, you know, thrown for 319 yards on this defense. That was disappointing. I was just, even though Michigan State won, it was a disappointing win. And they always... There's no such thing, buddy. Yeah, there is. And this was it. I'll take the win. You know, I'll take an ugly win. But still, I was hoping for a little bit more. A disappointing win, huh? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It was a disappointing win. I expected to win by more. I thought it would be close in the first half, and Michigan State would pull away in the second. It was close in the first half, and Michigan State never pulled away. The goal line offense in that game for the Spartans was absolutely atrocious. They could not score from one yard out. Last year, the problem was it was because they fumbled it. This year, they just couldn't get that one yard, and it was incredibly frustrating. You're going to get away with that stuff. Against Utah State. You're going to get away with a Brian Lewerke pick six against Utah State. You're not going to get away with that against Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, any of the big teams. Not even Arizona State. You're not going to be, going to, going to be able to get away with that. So they have a couple key areas of concern that they need to fix before they go out to the desert. Otherwise, they are, you know what? I'm going to do it. Michigan State's on upset alert. That's Officially. That's, yeah, that's probably... You need a button. It's off some sirens. Get the air horn. Upset alert. You need your Jim Cramer crazy big button board with all the sound effects. I mention it every week. Maybe you, know you should much, just get me one. That would just, oh, that would brighten up the show. I thought I'd brighten up the show. It would add to it. <laughs> and, hey, I'm looking at game recap. Badgers 34, Western Kentucky We're not 3. talking about the Badgers. Alex Nobody's Hornibrook, two absolutely touchdowns. Absolutely no one cares about 257 that. yards. No, no. Jonathan Taylor, 150 yards on 18 carries. That's an eight-yard average. Mm. How about this? I don't care what people say. Those are Division One football players. The Badgers throttled them. I like how you have to qualify that they are Division One because some people might not be sure of that. Well, no, I just, everybody knew it, but I'm just mm. throwing it out there. Mm. How about one more thing I forgot to mention about the Braylon Edwards thing? Uh, there's a there's more. There's more. So oh he my. sent a follow up tweet basically. Of course. Um, where he said, "Quote: So funny that everyone is worried my tweet as opposed to the real issue. Owen seventeen on the road against ranked opponents. One of six against rivals, and the one win was against a three and nine MSU. Last thing I will ask, and really think about this before you get mad." Is Michigan better than Iowa? No. At first, I'm like, well, they probably are, right? They're not. I did the math. They're actually not. In Jim Harbaugh's tenure, 
mm-hmm. including this past weekend. Iowa is twenty nine and twelve. Michigan twenty eight and twelve. How about that? Iowa's been pumping out some good football players. They've just been solid. Yeah, they haven't exactly. been spectacular. They made it to the Big Ten championship game in 2015, lost to the Spartans. They have one bowl win. Michigan has one bowl win in that span. People, I, I bet if you just polled America, American, you know, just college football fans in general, and you asked who had who was a better program in the last four years, it would be overwhelming, Michigan. But look at that. Numbers don't lie. Braylon Edwards doesn't lie. I would have said Iowa. I just did. Well, you're you're. I have come to the conclusion that you're a bigger hater than me, and that's I'm an not, absolute fact. I'm not a hater. Yeah, you I'm, are. I'm. Uh, yeah, kinda. Big maybe. Time. Big time. But but also, it's it's just the facts right now. Is really what it is. It's true. We'll have more facts and, after this. And too. what's what's really annoying is hmm. how bad. Well, it's not because it's not like they're really bad. We've established that. But with how poor Michigan has played as far as their expectations or in comparison to their expectations, the Badgers just keep on rolling. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Play someone good, and then we'll talk. Let's get some more college football after this. We'll get to your brew crew. Brew crew after this. Don't worry. We'll get to them eventually. That's coming up next here on the Sports Bench. Hi, this is John Christensen at John's Auto in Marquette. People ask us what makes us successful. The secret is that we buy clean vehicles in the most popular models, equipment, and only one to five years old that are from out of the UP rust belt exposure. We inspect, clean, and cover them with a no-charge, no-deductible warranty that is good most everywhere. We've been voted the number one source for a used vehicle in Marquette County for the last 12 years. Shop us today or visit johnsauto.net. That's johnsauto.net. Summer is here. Now is the time to hit the road and go to camp, the lake, or away for a long weekend. UP Catholic Credit Union wants to make it easier for you by offering 2% cash back on all gas purchases, while still paying 1% cash back on all other purchases. Don't have a credit card with us yet? Anyone who lives, works, or worships in the UP is eligible. Just stop by any branch or go online to upccu.com to apply. Fill up your gas tank and get 2% cash back with UP Catholic Credit Union. We'll be back with more of the Sports Pen right after this on ESPN-UP and the ESPN-UP app. A flash flood watch in effect tonight. Heavy rainfall is likely from scattered showers and thunderstorms. We'll pick up one to two inches of rain across a large portion of the area. Look for a low temperature of 63 with winds out of the south at 5 to 10. Wednesday brings scattered showers and a few rumbles of thunder. Temperatures hold steady in the lower 60s throughout the day with winds out of the north at 10 to 20 miles an hour. And we could pick up yet another one to two inches of rain through the day on Wednesday. Thursday, sunshine, a high of 65 degrees and light north winds. Friday, sunshine with a high temperature of 68. On Saturday, we'll see plenty of sunshine, a high temperature around 69 degrees. Sunday, sunny with a high temperature of 68. Monday, mainly sunny with a high temperature of 71. Tuesday, we'll see a blend of clouds and sunshine with high temperatures topping out in the lower 70s. What's in your forecast for tonight? Scattered showers and thunderstorms, some of which will produce heavy rainfall with a low of 63 degrees. Let's look at your latest forecast. I'm meteorologist Ray Miller on ESPN-UP. Right now, it's 75. Now, back to the sports pen. Here's Blake Froling. Play the $100,000 pigskin payday all season long at Ojibwe Casino, Berga, and Marquette. Thanks for joining us on the Sports Pen. We're presented by John's Auto Marquette. Blake Froling, Charlie Bremer. Does that music really fit what we're doing here? I don't know. It gets you pumped up. Does it? Yeah. Okay. Well, if, as long as it works for you. I get locked in. Do you know what song that was? Absolutely not. The Way I Am by Eminem. Come on. How can oh you not get God. ready for that? Eminem. Oh. All right. Let's get back to the sports, though. Please. 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 Okay. Polls came out today. You big poll guy? I don't want to be, but sometimes yes. When when yeah. uh, when they're in my favor and they support how I feel, then yes. Ah, typical, okay. typical, fair. You know that's that's most people. I can't I can't really hate on you for that. I guess I kind of fall into that trap as well. Let's 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 inform the people about the polls. Uh, Michigan 
fell in the AP poll seven spots to number 21, and they fell eight spots in the coaches' poll to number 22. Do you think they deserved to have that big of a drop? Yeah. I would think so, too. Not <laughs> one one not word gonna, answer. Not yeah, gonna, it's pretty self-explanatory. Okay. All right. Michigan State dropped four spots to 15 in the AP poll, and they only dropped one spot in the coaches' poll to 13. In more than one word, was that a fair drop? Yes, it was three words. You're killing me. I know. I'm sorry. I might just have to take the Brewers off the chop off the show in, in punishment. I, I'm a little bit upset. Ohio State overtook Wisconsin. What's the deal with that? They uh, destroyed the Beavers. They played a better team than Wisconsin. That's how it goes. Would they put up 77 points? Wow, it's ridiculous. So yeah, I would have put them up ahead of Wisconsin too. Also, while we're talking about Wisconsin, got a text from loyal listener uh, Gordon uh, when I made the comment when you were talking about something regarding Wisconsin. I said no one cares. Kind of a jab to you. He he texted kind of a me. Jab to a lot of your listeners. I feel like. Well, in comparison to the games we were talking and th- about, this supports he my says, argument. I care. Go big red. Horny Brooks still needs help. He's averaged at best. Weak link in the offense. Would you agree with that? Well, that's what he was the freshman, sophomore years, and I'm really hoping this year it's not so much. We're well, hoping, but yeah. what is it? Um, as long as he doesn't throw picks, man, they're gonna win a lot of ball games. Is it just me, or do left-handed quarterbacks just look like better throwers? It's just like they swing a better baseball bat. It's just it just looks Weird. different. And when I see Hornybook throw the ball, even if it's not a good throw, I'm like, man, that's a nice spiral. That's a good-looking throw. He does. He is a very good. What do they call him now? Thrower of the football. Yes, he is, but he's not incredibly accurate. There's he a difference between a thrower of the football and being a good quarterback. I would say, of course. So, but I just wanted to point that out because that that is stuck in my mind. Anytime I see any highlights or watch a Wisconsin game, that's what sticks out to me. The ball definitely jumps out of his hand. Even though, uh, oh, we got another text from Gordon though. He's got a follow up. You're killing me. He's too slow and deliberate with his ball. I would agree with that. Meh. He wins. You're the Wisconsin guy, and you have absolutely nothing to say. Well, I mean, he's, he's you know, he was uh, started as a freshman. Last year was his sophomore year. He's improved his first two years. Hopefully this year. He's if, a game manager. If the trend has continued, he'll be about what the Badgers need to win, and that's all that we care about, right? Who's better, Hornybrook or Shea Patterson? Hornybrook. I would probably take Shea Patterson. Okay, well, that's fine. Just saying. Hornybrook doesn't, I mean, besides looking good while throwing the ball, because he's a lefty, he's the support of the best offensive line and one of the best running backs in the nation. And that's why the Badgers don't need him to be spectacular to win. As long as he doesn't throw picks, Mm -hmm. they're good to go. I guess. And he he is a little slow. He's like... Just like Joel Stavi was. Too slow. Wisconsin pumps out great backup quarterbacks. Very good at it. You look at a lot of a lot of backup quarterbacks now and in the past, a lot of them were Wisconsin guys. Yeah, um, they're, they're like intellectual quarterbacks, pocket passers. Not the greatest athleticism. No, can't outrun. But that's what you have in a backup quarterback. Can't outrun defensive linemen for the most part. No. <laughs> But, you know, get them in the system. They can they can bring the rookies along that will eventually take their jobs. They can call a game. Yeah, they can call a game, not and embarrass that's, themselves. That's what the Badgers need to win. And if he can do that, they're going to be successful. But will he do it? Yes. Okay. His junior year, then even more so his senior year. Okay. He's two years. These next two years for the Badgers as a program, like, wow. It's a lot to be excited about. I would say so. Why don't they just hand off the ball to Jonathan Taylor 35 times a game? Well, he got 18 attempts. I feel like 18 is kind of low for a guy like that. Well, they have enough. Their 
backup running backs are and it, well, can it get was, it done too. It was Western Kentucky too, so I can understand. And yeah, that now. You, you start him out with eighteen now, so then you can work him up to twenty five. He'll be getting the ball thirty times a game here soon enough. Who do they play next? Oh, I just had that up and I forgot. You should know this. Well, of course I should. They play BYU. Ooh, the Cougars. Are they any good this year? Um, they're always underrated, but no, they're not. That was average at best. They're like a, yeah, they're like a physical football team. They're a trenches football team. They're They're the Wisconsin of Utah. Yeah, they really are. And, um, you know, when the Badgers played them, was it last year and they barely beat them? Or the year before they barely beat them? Mm -hmm. It's going to be a good game. And that's another game that's on the Badgers schedule that's just, that's a dangerous game. And the Badgers will probably handle it and win it and not get enough credit for it. Because it's going to be a boring football game. Yes. Maybe that's why people don't hype up the Badgers. Well, that's they're a just big boring reason. to watch. Yeah. Well, that's a big reason. It, they're totally exciting to me to watch because I just mm. love how they play football. They just pick people up and throw them out of the way. I and, guess. And get their five yards of carry. Run the ball. Run the ball. Their line is like, uh, I mean... Nobody gets off the ball like they do. It, they're just football genius. It's unbeatable what they do. So backup quarterbacks and offensive linemen, that's what Wisconsin really pumps out. Those are the main exports. And linebackers. Linebackers, maybe tight ends. Some good tight ends, linebackers, athletic linebackers. That's the speedy athletic linebackers is the key to their defense. They have some good defensive linemen in the NFL too. J.J. Watt. A guy who plays for the Eagles. I can't remember anybody's name today. Connor Sheehy just got cut from the Packers on Saturday. Sad. We're going to get to your Brewers now. Nice. You happy about that? A little bit? Yeah, because they won the last few games. That's true. They actually dropped a real disappointing one over the weekend to the Nationals. They were up 4-1. to Or four to two in the seventh, or no, four to two in the eighth with two outs. It's all coming back to me now, Blake. Four to two in the eighth. It's two out, nobody on. Joaquin Soria gave up four runs that inning. Couldn't get anybody out. I have not seen a veteran guy like that just completely lose command just instantly. He got the first two guys out like cake and just completely lost control and game over. And that was only the fourth time the Badgers had. The Brewers had lost the game when they had a lead in the seventh inning or later. Interesting. Now they just need to get get a bigger lead, I guess, whenever he comes out. Yeah, they're like sixty four and four or something like that when they're winning okay. after eight in- or seven innings. Well we'll get to more of your Brewers stuff right after this on the sports pen. Hi, this is John Christensen at John's Auto in Marquette. People ask us what makes us successful. The secret is that we buy clean vehicles in the most popular models, equipment, and only one to five years old that are from out of the UP Rust Belt exposure. We inspect, clean, and cover them with a no-charge, no-deductible warranty that is good most everywhere. We have been voted the number one source for used vehicle in Marquette County for the last 12 years. Shop us today or visit johnsauto.net. That's johnsauto.net. Now let me tell you about the first fish fry that took place less than 50 yards from the front door of the Carp River Saloon. One day the three toads feed waded across the river with his weekly provisions. A sack of flour, a bag of fish, a basket of eggs, and a pot of oil. Well, Speed tripped on a log and everything went flying. The pot landed in the fire. Everything else landed in the pot. Yes, Speed said it was messy but tasty. Uh, the Friday fish fry at the Carp River Saloon at Marquette Mountain, where things are always looking up. Open daily at noon. Now back to the sports pen. Here's Blake Froling. Do you want to do this, Charlie? Play the $100,000 pigskin payday all season long at Ojibwe Casinos, Barriga, and Marquette. There you go. We're I got the... it. I got it done just before. Was that the Blondie was over? Whoever the heck that was. Hart. The heart was over there. You go. No, just heart, not the heart. Well, the heart that was playing the, the heart. heart song. Yes, that's what I was. Okay, yeah. You Give got us me. a call. Save Charlie nine zero six two two six four five seven zero. We're presented by John's Auto Marquette. 
Finally, we'll get to your Brewers. Again. I texted you this earlier in the day because I was interested to see your reaction. Because oh, you got to react, but and then you're like, oh, well, this is what he really said. And I was like, oh. Yeah. Well, I didn't want to mislead you. Well, you did for about five minutes. Maybe you just jumped to conclusions. That's pretty much what happened. Yeah. Cole Hamels, pitcher for the Cubs, who you notably dislike, uh, talked about the quote-unquote rivalry between the Cubs and the Brewers. And I say quote-unquote because he doesn't think it's really a rivalry. And he says the fans are partly to blame for that. Here's the quote, and then I'll let you respond. Okay. He said, quote, When you have the majority of Cubs fans in the stands, I don't know if that's a rivalry. They aren't going to like me for the comment, but look at the ticket sales. When they start to get a little closer and their fans sell out, then I think that's kind of the understanding of a rivalry. But Cubs fans travel well, unquote. Travel well? There's more Cubs fans closer to Miller Park than Brewers fans. Hmm. There's that a lot seems of Brewers like an fans of a more of an indictment. There's a lot of Brewers fans. I mean, all over Wisconsin that are three, four hours away, five hours away, and Chicago's right there. And a lot of baseball fans in Southern Wisconsin, Kenosha, all these different cities down there. They're just Cubs fans for whatever reason, whether they mm. came from Chicago, have roots down, whatever it is. And and um, it's not, it's not over. You know, he says over 50%. It's it's still over 50% Brewers fans there. Doesn't sound it, like it most it, of the time. It it has. It, 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 it was yesterday. It was. When the, the Brewers, fact that you have to, when, to say barely over, under, when the debate. Brewers When the Brewers walked it off yesterday, you could tell. It was... It was loud. The cheer for Rizzo's home run was pretty loud too. Yeah, it's it's pretty close to fifty fifty, but it wasn't. It didn't used to be, so that's going back in the favor of the Brewers. But really, it's just uh, a big reason for it is it's a lot easier to get a ticket at Miller Park than Wrigley. True, there's, there's a lot more. You know, with how much bigger Miller Park is, there's a lot more opportunity there i guess you could say and um as far as you know his so the so-called indictment on brewers fans well when the cardinals come to town or there's a big series against a team like that it'll be sold out every thursday friday saturday night sunday afternoon they'll have well over forty thousand fans there and when the cubs come the place is packed yeah a lot of them are cubs fans but when the Cubs aren't there, the Brewers are packing it in, so I don't really know what the, you know, it's just the Cubs are so close. Wrigley Field's like less than 90 miles away. So why doesn't Wrigley Field become half Brewers fans? Because it's that much harder to get in there, and they have more season ticket holders, I would imagine. Mm. So I would imagine they have a lot more season ticket holders. Right, so that would mean that they don't have as good of fans, the, the Brewers. It's it's like I said in the past. The Brewers, when when you go to a Brewers game, you're you're making a weekend out of it. There's people, a lot of people traveling really far to go to these games. And it's like a little vacation. It's not just people going to the game for the night. Is this Cubs Brewers series a rivalry? Would you say a full on baseball well, rivalry? I mean, it is now, right? I mean, the teams are so close. It was last year. Those were big games. I would say towards. At least, like the middle part of last year, when everybody knew finally that the Brewers were legit and on, it was a rivalry. Yeah, and and, and even when the Brewers first came to the National League Central, you know, I remember Ben Sheets. He just con- when I was little, they just called him the Cubs killer, you know. And and there's always been little reasons why there's been a riff there or, or a so-called rivalry. So. But they'll always be second fiddle to the Cubs-Cardinals rivalry. Um, For now, I suppose. I feel like it, it's just like with other rivalries in sports. If it's there for long enough, even if one of the teams is down, the passion is still there. It is, yeah. The passion is there, but um, the thing that's the weird thing about Brewers fans, about, about the Brewers, is, is when they're bad, they're still getting 35,000, 40,000 people to a game. When they're good... They're still getting thirty five, forty thousand people to a game. When they're really bad, um, you know, there's it's 
there's more Cubs fans than Brewers fans, but it's pretty close to 50-50. And when they're good, it's about the same. Maybe just a little more. It's weird. People don't really care if the Brewers are that good or not. They go to the Brewers game just for the, like I said, it's a little for vacation. Is that what it is? It's Bernie. It's a, it's a great park. Um, are it, are it people just allowed to go on that slide at any time, or is it just they, the mascot? They always have kids going down the slide like pregame and stuff. I don't know. What's what's the limit on that? I have if no I'm idea. looking to make a trip, what's what's the limit? Do you think? Oh, I you'd have to go. Um, I know they do stuff with it. You know, in the off season when they have their different fan days and after free agency when they bring in their new players and they have some kind of and then they do. All kinds of food drives there in the off season. I'm sure that's one of the things you could go and bring some canned goods and maybe go down the slide, whatever. All right, but I'll bring a can of soup and get that ride down the slide. You can do better than a can <laughs> of soup, right, Blake? <laughs> I I don't know. The hungry children are counting on you. Soup is good. Don't hate soup. Here's what you can do: you can give the can of soup to a hungry child and then let the hungry child go down the slide. We can both go. I'll chaperone. Yeah? Okay. You know what's weird about the Brewers? Their playoff chances, a lot according of things. to ESPN, have just been going up, down, up, down. I think it got down to the 30s at one point. Now, yeah. as I look at the page today, it's at 85.8% chance. wow. I feel like that's a little high. Um, I think the part of that is is with with how the NL West is going. The Dodgers are seemingly going to just take over that division finally once and for all. And Colorado and Arizona have just been, oh, man, the second half of the season, they've just both been right around 500. And um, the Brewers have finally picked it back up and got to 17, 18 games over 500 uh, where they were at their peak about two months ago. It took them a while to get back there. And uh, But the teams are finally separating themselves out. There's a little space. There's starting to be a little breathing room in that wild card. But if the Dodgers can just really take over that NL West – and Arizona and Colorado just continue to play eh, baseball, and there's there's no indication that that's going to change anytime soon. Cardinals, they're kind of hovering around too, but they're not as hot as they once were. I really, really hope the Brewers don't have to play the Cardinals in that wild card game. If they do, it would help that it's in Milwaukee, but still, I really hope they that Arizona or Colorado can get in on that game, especially Colorado. The Brewers have torched Colorado the last several years. It's weird because Colorado, I believe, still has a negative run differential. And not many teams with that. a negative differential make the playoffs. No, well, yeah. When you don't score as many runs as your opponent, you it generally means yeah. you're not good. That's right? right. They're minus 14 this year, yet they're 75 and 62. That's right. Kind of weird. Yep. Just want to throw that out. Also, last week when we talked, I, I, I floated the question, is Christian Yelich a Dark Horse MVP candidate. You were a little lukewarm on it. You were not sold. Had to look into it. And now all you've been doing is just absolutely blowing Whoa. up my phone. Whoa. Just yes. Blowing me up. Because thank you for that. You sparked a very good uh, train of thought for me. I regret it. <laughs> As I would expect you to. But no, man. If you look at what he's done in the field with the bat, um, the position that his team is in, he is absolutely the NL MVP candidate, the front runner. And really, I don't know. I don't know if there I, is a front runner. I can't think of another. Well, that's what exactly what I was just going to get to. I can't think of another year where there wasn't a player that was, or or really more of a group of players where you're really like, yeah, these are the three or four guys this year. I mean, you're like maybe Paul Goldschmidt, and it's like. That guy did not put a bat on a baseball until June. There's no way he could be an MVP candidate. Yeah, I think you, you, he still is in the conversation, though. But that's just because how of how he's been able to catch up. Matt Carpenter? Matt Carpenter. No way. There's, there's absolutely no way Matt Carpenter is as valuable to a baseball team as Christian Yelich is. Well, he has .1 more war. According to ESPN. According to ESPN. But I don't see him throwing out runners at home plate to save ball Because it's not his hitting grand slams. Position. So, well, he probably has hit grand slams in ball games. But anyway, his defensive value at first base is overrated in comparison to what Christian Yelich does in the outfield. 
You, know, you, you cannot compare those two things. They're, it's totally, it's such a more important position in the outfield. I'm looking up Christian Yelich's defensive, uh, the, well, his defense He here. won a gold glove already in left field, and that's where the Brewers typically right. play him. Well, right field now. Ryan Braun made another incredible diving catch yesterday. I have not seen him make as many diving catches in his entire career as he has made this year. He has at least seven or eight incredible diving catches this year. I don't know what the deal is with that. How about this? Defensive runs saved. You familiar with the stat? Of course. Pretty self-explanatory. Uh, two this year, which is not good. I mean, it's above average. Last year, he was minus six, which is kind of surprising because I always thought of him as a good fielder as well. He won a gold glove. Fangraphs doesn't, isn't sold on him, apparently. If you watch him every day out there, he doesn't make mistakes, and he makes some pretty nice catches. Yeah. His, his arm is not above average, but it's fairly accurate. It's the, a strong arm, but it's more accurate. That throw he made um, to throw out Suarez at home last week against the Reds, that was absolutely a game-saving throw, and it was right. Kratz just caught it right with his catcher's mitt and tagged Suarez right out. Such a beautiful play. And that's the type of stuff I'm talking about as far as, you know, Matt Carpenter's not doing that. Yeah. Because he doesn't have the opportunity. Exactly. Because and he you're acting, he By that logic, he first have, baseman can never win MVP. He doesn't have the opportunity because he's out there for his bat. So? His bat should be better than... So outfielders his, are the only players you know, that can win his bat, MVP. As a first baseman, his bat should be considerably better than Yelich's has been, and it hasn't been considerably better he's hit for more power but his average isn't there and i don't know what are their yelich's on base percentages like over it's over 380 well i wasn't prepared to answer that question how about javi Baez? The no Cubs? no you wouldn't throw him up there no strikes out too much and yeah he's good defensively but he makes a lot of errors too he's he's hovering right around the 300 mark for this batting average though hmm this just isn't this such a strange year? No, where, no one, no one stands out to me. Yeah, exactly. And Christian Yelich didn't stand out to me until I really looked at it, and um, and now I realize, yeah, he's the guy. But still, how weird is that? Mm-hmm. Javi Baez, two ninety nine, thirty home runs, hundred RBIs, hundred thirty four strikeouts. Paul Goldschmidt, two ninety five, thirty one homers, seventy nine RBIs. 149 strikeouts. Nolan Arenado, throw him in there. 301 batting average, 31 homers, 92 RBIs, 102 strikeouts. Uh, Nolan Arenado is probably really his number one, Yelich is number one contender. I mean, he is so good at third. Yelich, uh, if you want his stats, he's hitting 315, 27 homers, 83 RBIs. 121 strikeouts. So he's only struck out 13 fewer times than Javier Baez, and yet you knocked Baez for striking out too much. Thoughts? That is incredible. That is incredible. You just got, you kind of got owned there. I kind of did. That is not what you would think. That is not, I mean, when you just watch him. You know, that is not. I also, though, in how many at-bats, I'm sure Yelich has had quite a consistent. It's got to have a few more at-bats than at least. Uh, let's see here. Baez has 512 at-bats. Christian well, Yelich has then. 495. Wow. It just got torched again. <sighs> we, we're just going to stop. What, what about OPS? OPS. Because I know Yelich. Baez, 908. Yeah, there you go. There he's got him on. Uh, Yelich, Yelich, 934. Yelich gets on base. Well, uh, Javier Baez, 330 on base percentage. That's pretty healthy. 379 for Yelich. Yeah, the other day was 383. So, yeah, Yelich gets on base. He can steal bases. He runs. He Ooh. has scored more runs. I think that's another stat he's up there in his run scored mm-hmm. and that goes along with my theory of he scores on a lot of doubles when he's on first he runs first to home 
a lot of times when most other guys would only be able to go first to third. I would say a lot of that also depends on the team around you. Because if you're not having guys getting hits when you're on base, you're not going to be able to score. But the opportunities he has to run, the opportunities he has to take an extra base, he is able to take that extra base with the way he runs the bases and cuts the bases. I would say Javier Baez does that as well. He does not, if you compare how they run the bases, he is, he's one, he's like a Jonathan VR. He makes spectacular plays on the bases and he gets thrown out. Yelich takes these extra bases and makes these plays, but he doesn't get thrown out at the same rate. He just cuts the bases. It's just incredible how he cuts the bases. He's running full speed and makes these turns look so easy. And if you get out there and try and do that, First off, most people wouldn't be running nearly as fast as he no. is. And, s- and just the way he does it, it is so incredible. Last one for you before we move on. Uh, Matt Carpenter has a higher on-base percentage and higher OPS than Christian Yelich. Well, it's Matt Carpenter's year. Maybe. I don't know whose year it is. What about of, a pitcher? The year of no batting goals. Scherzer? And that's what I told you. I said with how poor these guys are as far as... NL MVP candidates a month ago I was thinking Jesus well then he just no. has gone on an absolute power outage who would um, it be in the in the NL if you were going to give a MVP if DeGrom was on an average team or a better team he would be it 1.68 ERA 230 strikeouts what's absolutely his, ridiculous well, how many innings has he pitched what's his record 188 innings pitched and he's 8-8 eight and because eight he plays on the Mets wow He's, prob- he's probably really the MVP. And that's what I said in my text. Aaron Nola for the Phillies? No. DeGrom. Even though he's got a 2.23 ERA, higher war. Oh, man. He's 15-4, and four too, if you want to look saw, at record. I just saw earlier in the year the Brewers got to Aaron Nola. They got to him last year, too. I don't know. Just, just because that happens? He's I don't know. Gone well, just, you know, so when I see these guys, okay. if they have a bad outing against the Brewers, that doesn't, just, you got to look I at really, the big picture. I know, but I just really, that's what sticks in my mind because that's when I All see right. them. We're going to look at the big picture of the NFC but, North but when I we did, come back. I did text you that, though. I did yes, say in did. my text, maybe this is a year for a pitcher because right. the position players are so eh. Yep. We're going to get to some football, though. There you go. Big shakeups in the NFC North. No. Affecting no. your Packers and way, my Lions. Way, way overstated. Way overstated. We'll get to it right after this. Hi, this is John Christensen at John's Auto in Marquette. People ask us what makes us successful. The secret is that we buy clean vehicles in the most popular models, equipment, and only one to five years old that are from out of the UP Rust Belt exposure. We inspect, clean, and cover them with a no-charge, no-deductible warranty that is good most everywhere. We have been voted the number one source for a used vehicle in Marquette County for the last 12 years. Shop us today or visit johnsauto.net. That's johnsauto.net. There are days that you just don't feel like cooking, but your family deserves something healthier than a bag from the drive-thru or pizza delivery. Drop by the Marquette Food Co-op Kitchen and Cafe, where you'll find wholesome, made-from-scratch food using the freshest local ingredients available. With made-to-order sandwiches, a fully stocked deli, bakery, salad bar, and our hot bar with a different theme each day, the Marquette Food Co-op makes dinner preparation convenient, quick, and healthy. Stop in on your way home. Feel good. Shop the co-op, where everyone is welcome. Now, back to the sports pen. Here's Blake Crowley. Play the $100,000 pigskin payday all season long at Ojibwe Casinos in Farragut and Marquette. Good job. Was it? Yeah. I still feel like I'm forcing it. It's all right. You'll get there eventually. Give I hope a, so. I hope I have the opportunity. Yeah. Give us a call, 906-226-4570. Got a big shakeup over the weekend. Overstated. In the NFC North. Overstated. Khalil Mack traded yeah. to the Chicago Bears. Good. Not your Packers. Good. Intriguing. Okay. Now, if you look at Vegas odds to win the division, if you look at that as a barometer of what people think, the Lions and Bears now have the exact same odds. To win the division, That's ridiculous. Nine to one. That is absolutely ridiculous. Why? Because Matthew Stafford, being playing for the Lions, is going to win the Lions way more games than Khalil Mack coming in and playing for the Bears. There is still absolutely no indication that the Bears can put up more than ten points a game. Well, they did overhaul their offense. Brought in two new receivers and a tight end. Their offensive line is garbage. 
and their quarterback is pure garbage. He was a rookie last year. And he was garbage. Jared Goff was garbage his first year. He had a pretty decent year last year. He that that is there are an so many absolute anomaly. That so many is quarterbacks the, make that second year that jump. That is that is absolutely. You know you know what I'm trying to say. That is not the rule. That okay, it's the, an exception to the rule. Antithesis to the rule. If that is the right word, I don't know. I don't think I'm not. I'm not picking the Bears to win the division. Who are you picking? And I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Probably the Vikings. Just See, because you're, you're doing here. that just because. Yep. If you, if your life depended on it, for real, who are you picking to win the division? The Packers. Come on. How could you pick anybody else? You want to know who I'm going to pick? Well, you're going to have to wait till tomorrow for our NFL preview show. Yeah. It's happening. I thought that was our thing. We were doing that for weeks. Yeah, but this is our official predictions. We're going to make all of our predictions, not only for the Lions and Packers, but for the division, for all the other divisions in the NFL. We're going to do Super Bowl picks. It's all happening tomorrow. Jake Durant's going to be in studio. No, that's going to be Thursday. I'm so mixed up with my days. Apparently so. Tune in Thursday to the sports pen and t- tune in tomorrow too <laughs> tune in every day and you just will guaranteed not miss it the the labor day is is throwing me all off i have no idea what today is me neither so tune in thursday for our full nfl predictions you'll get our lions record packers record playoffs everything jake Duran will do it with us it's gonna be fun well just for the people that want to take it to the bank and earn some interest Packers are going to be 12-4, and 13-3. I'm having a hard time. Well, you, do you want to go on record with your pick right now? Well, I would say 13-3, and three, but there's probably going to be, you know, there's always one of those games, 12-4. Mm-hmm. 12-4? and, four. 12 and four? Is that your official pick? I'm pretty sure that's what I picked earlier Okay. when we started our little there weekly you go. football. Got it in here. 12-4. Oh, and uh, as far as the Bears this weekend, you're not so you're not nervous at all. Absolutely, at Khalil not. Mack it gunning for the collarbone of Aaron Rodgers. It Rogers. doesn't change one thing because I think it does change because things. the Packers have the two highest rated offensive tackles by Pro Football Focus in the NFL. So. You can't say the the addition of Khalil Mack does absolutely nothing. Not when he's David, one of the best defensive when, players in when the NFL. David, when David Bakhtiari is blocking him, he literally is going to be doing absolutely okay. nothing. We'll, we'll find out. And I actually know that to be true because when the Packers have played the Raiders in the last couple of years, Bakhtiari has absolutely shut him down because that's what he does with all great pass rushers. I feel like you just use he eye is, test and just kind of throw out He is the best blocking pass blocking tackle in the NFL. And so Khalil Mack coming to the Bears does not affect the Packers as much as it might affect some other teams. I just feel like... It's going to affect the Vikings a lot more. It'll affect everybody no, a lot more. not equally. That's just another guy Packers are that more prepared the Packers for have it. to focus on. Packers are much more prepared for it. Mm, they're prepared, but... Their offensive you'd line... You'd rather not have to. Their offensive line is way more likely to be able to handle it than teams like the Lions and Vikings... I wouldn't be surprised if the Bears go, what seven and nine or eight and eight now. I picked them to go six and ten. I still think they'll go six and ten. So Khalil Mack does not add one win at all. His addition, he'll make some games closer. Probably he'll on he'll he'll make some plays on third downs. He'll get his team the ball back a couple times. Might force a couple fumbles. But overall, I mean, the guy that he's going to be taking playing time from probably would have had four or five, six sacks. Anyway, so he'll he'll get you an extra four or five, six sacks in a season. Might get you an extra couple forced fumbles in a season, but really, as a whole, what what is is that really worth a victory? I don't think so. And even if it is worth worth a victory, congratulations, you're seven and nine and not six and ten. <laughs> so I don't get how this is such a big deal. You know what you sound like right now? A salty Packers fan. I That's sound what like, you sound like. I sound like someone who knows what they're talking Got about. Got all excited when those odds came out. You know, what's the team likely to have Khalil Mack by October? Packers were in the lead. Everybody got all excited. Then he goes to the Bears. Got a text from Charles Belt about, of course, who's a diehard Bears fan. And now you're just salty, so you're trying to make it sound like it's nothing. Whereas if Khalil Mack came to the Packers, you would say that's the move that puts them over top and guarantees them a Super Bowl. 
That's exactly what you would be saying. Well, right, right now. now they're still they're just they're just uh, they're a team in the top five in the hunt for the Super Bowl right now. That would have yeah that would have given them a bump up. It's like I but said. You, oh, but, but they would have had to have been do anything. They would have not for a team like the Bears mm. who wasn't even in the conversation to begin with. It's a long term Khal- deal too. Khalil this is Mack, not just a one year thing. Khalil Mack does not put you into uh, being a defensive uh, player like that. He doesn't take your team and vault you into uh you got to be able to score some points he's a building block he we'll, is we'll get to more of it later on because we're done he's also I'm cutting you off he's also a little bit of a cap hit which and a little and, bit and with a the, lot of bit with the free agent moves the bears have made now to get decent they have really handicapped themselves for future seasons they had to go all in and we're out of time thanks charlie for coming in you're listening to espn up wzam ishpeming marquette